comic book day. day. All right, back again for another week. That's right. Because every Wednesday, it's comic book day. And this Wednesday, August 31st of 2022, we are talking about new comics once again. Because that is what our podcast is about. It's all about new comics every week. Yeah. Talking about news for the week. Talking about uh, everything comic book related. And what we read. And, and a little bit of what we read, if we read anything at all. But mostly we're going to be talking about the new comics that have come out today and every Wednesday, which is Comic Book Day. First bit of news that we have is uh, an, a bit of an overhaul for our entire podcast. I know our podcast continues to keep changing, it seems, but for the time being, for the foreseeable future, Trey has stepped down. He, um, We decided because of... Uh, a lot of complications with our schedules and never being able to work things out to kind of line up correctly. We have um, ultimately decided that he is going to be stepping down and uh, it will be my fiance Amanda taking over as co-host. That's right. Uh, and this is her second episode with us and um, this is the way it's going to be for the foreseeable future. So it will be comic book day with Crash and Bay from now on. As far as news goes, um, we do have some some news in store for you f- coming straight out of comic books and all things related over the past week. Something kind of silly and uh, downright stupid. Um, we have uh, a Batman costume that has come out for kids for Halloween time at Walmart and somebody posted about it and it's the Michael Keaton Batman costume for kids to wear again. Yeah. It looks like a re-release of just the the old Batman costume that from the Tim Burton movies with Michael Keaton. It's got the same <laughs> symbol and everything. The abs look uh slightly different from the original version and almost more like a uh, modern day comic book styling abs of like armor and stuff. Of course they're going to update it. So, but that's got people jumping to the, to the conclusion that this is obviously the Michael Keaton Batman from the Batgirl movie, and maybe the, they're they're still moving forward with it, and this is what he was actually going to look like in the movie. And oh my gosh, that's such a reach! But then again, with the bark boxes with Spider Man, they did have like that hint towards multi Spider Man thing, which wound up being correct. Which was true, so maybe it's not wrong. A little bit of a reach, though. It's kind of ridiculous that everybody's jumping to the, to the conclusion when it, it's everything else about the packaging looks like the old nineteen, you know, eighty five Batman. So yeah, I know, but it's nice to keep that open mind. And then uh, also, we we went ahead and uh, over the the week since last episode, we didn't do much, but one thing we did do was watch She Hulk episode two. Yes. Which again, we still in, we've been enjoying the crap out of the show, even though it's only been two episodes. We really thoroughly like it. We and don't understand really why hot. it gets so much flack. She is very hot. And uh, so one thing that that is newsworthy is in this second episode, um, there were quite a few Easter eggs. But she had her computer open. Small things that were on the computer kind of give hints toward other things in the MCU. Like one one of the things is there's a pair of shoes called the Iron Man threes. <laughs> which that was just kind of a fun little little thing and then one other thing though is there was an article that stated why is there a giant statue of a man sticking out of the ocean for those of you who have never seen the eternals first of all watch it because it's an mcu movie and and you want to see every mcu movies to see how they all connect as well as the fact that i actually thoroughly enjoyed the movie because i looked you know i went into depth on an episode for the eternals and i got really into the eternals and i thought the movie actually did them 
Justice, and I thought it was a pretty good movie. They changed their origins and stuff, but it actually made it pretty pretty good, and it worked for the MCU. A lot of people just didn't like it because there was the sexy scene in it. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. There's going to be some adult stuff every once in a while. It's a movie about adults. There was also, below that, an article on that that stated, Man Fights with Metal Claws in Bar Brawl. Ooh, I which that yeah, I wonder I wonder what that could be. That's uh um seemingly it seems like they're they're uh, referencing toward Wolverine and the X Men. The first time actually hopefully bringing in some X Men into the MCU. I'm on board with it being Daniel Radcliffe. My vote. I, I still say Daniel Radcliffe. That'd be, I mean that's what who who Hugh Jackman wants. But um, that's my vote. Or the guy who played Eggsy and Kingsman. Taron Egerton. Yeah, him. I like him. He's pretty. And he would work pretty well. He has that like stocky thing going. He's short and wide, and now he's super buff too. And he's so. also a free, like free runner, parkour artist and stuff. So it'd be cool to see him doing some of that kind of stuff. He has a lot of potential to be the leading man that they need. That they need, even though he's not the leading man. Cyclops should be the leading man. Just say. Talking about Disney Plus, uh, there there was some some stuff in the news recently with uh, Bad Batch, which is one of my favorite shows on Disney Plus. It's Star so Wars good. related. And uh, um, it it focuses on on the uh, clone group ninety nine, which uh, is a bunch of uh, faulty clones. They each are kind of different from the other ones. They pretty don't look much, the same. Pretty much the A team of Star Wars. And uh, originally, they they were supposed to have their second season come out in September of twenty twenty two this year. Then some things happened where all of a sudden their slot for their um, release date was pulled. And so they weren't showing up on, on like announcements for Disney Plus Day and things like that. So everybody started kind of worrying, oh gosh, I mean, are they pushing that season two? And then basically everyone kind of jumped to the, to the ultimate conclusion online that they had either canceled the show or they were at least pushing the release date to further in the future. Uh. And then the way they announced it recently, though, which practically confirmed that it is still being released in September, on September 28th, 2022 specifically, is that somebody went onto the Disney Plus chat online and spoke to an employee of Disney Plus, almost like they were having technical issues, and talked to a Disney Plus member and said, hey, so I noticed on your site it shows that that, uh, it doesn't have the release date anymore for Bad Batch, and I was really hoping you could tell me if it's still going to be coming out. And the person was just like, hey, yeah, Star Wars fan, we, we uh, I'll let you know that it is still slated for September 28th and hope hope you're going to enjoy the second season. Maybe that person just didn't get the memo. Yeah, or maybe it's just an employee like talking out their ass that wasn't supposed to mention anything and, yeah. and uh, doesn't actually know when it comes out. But who knows? Seemingly, that's kind of a confirmation that it is coming out. Then I have some news Again from Marvel and Disney Plus saying that Ben Kingsley is back for his role of Trevor Slattery slash fake Mandarin. Originally from Iron Man 3 as the fake bad guy. And recently seen in Shang-Chi. He is reported to be in the new Disney Plus series Wonder Man. And Wonder Man, in the comics, his secret identity included being an actor slash stuntman. So it makes sense why they would connect the two. Yeah, they probably know each other from both being actors. Plus, the show's going to be um, going to have the director slash co-writer of Shang-Chi be the executive producer and co-creator. That kind of, like, pushes that even further. I mean, come on, who doesn't love Ben Kingsley? And we can all hope that it's Nathan Fillion, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to be. Yeah, Nathan Fillion had a tiny little, like, cameo, cameo. part as... 
Simon Williams' Wonder Man in Guardians Galaxy 2. It's just a tiny little Easter egg, but who knows if they're going to get him back. Probably not, but that would be awesome. So, sticking with the Marvel theme for our news currently, we we do have something else that was announced and uh, is going to be coming out in 2023. We have Marvel Unforgiven, and it's from Tim Seeley and Sid Koshin. And it's kind of a response to uh, DC's um, DC versus Vampires that they're doing. Yeah. And it's a three-part story that um, starts with Unforgiven Spider-Man. Isn't that, he currently, like, unforgiven? Everyone's mad at him? Yeah, that is, that is very true. Uh, and But this, in particular, the reason why it's called Unforgiven is because it, it is about the superhero team called the Forgiven, which is made up of all vampires. And originally even had Jubilee as a part of the team oh, while yeah, she was a vampire. Yeah, she was a vampire for a while. Yeah, and then uh, she's no longer a part of the team, but the team consists of, of multiple characters that are all um, mostly kind of, like, X-Men related almost mm. because they were pretty much... Morbius. But, uh, no, Morbius is not <gasps> one of the main characters. But, uh, it's a bunch of, of new characters that were all introduced in this storyline from 2011 that was uh, a part of Fear itself, and it was Hulk versus Dracula. Okay. And they were introduced in it as, as a team called The Forgiven, and we haven't really seen much of them at all since, but this is going to be a big return to them, and it's a whole team of vampires is called... Is it coming around, uh, around Halloween? No, it's coming out in 2023. Oh no, that's so far away. That sounds perfect for Halloween time. Come on, yes. step it up, Marvel. But, uh, and then something else kind of Disney Plus and Marvel related is um, Tenet Huerta actually recently was in the news for um, getting body shamed, unfortunately. And he's the guy who's going to be playing Namor in Wakanda Forever. Oh, that's so rude. Yeah, and, and, it's, and, and it was actually by a Marvel artist, a former Marvel artist. He, he came out and, and he's, he's even like deleted the post since but but it was rude and t- definitely made the news when he came out and kind of attacked Tenacorta for not being like muscular enough to play the character and for having like excess body fat and things like that oh my and that, gosh. not not fitting the correct look for the character in his opinion and so he 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 obviously got kind of attacked online for it generally i get the want to see your the direct image of the comic book come to life but that's not going to happen. I mean... And then when somebody gets cast as the character, of course they're going to take on the role. And, if, and they if they find it to be the biggest like moment in their life to be cast as a superhero in a movie. And, and of course they're going to take the role. They think this is this is a big change and, and, and this is going to change my life forever. Only to have people online, especially a Marvel artist, a former Mar- Marvel artist, attack him for his body. That's just like, what the... Plus, all bodies are beautiful. And also those Marvel comic bodies they're practically impossible to get unless that's your whole life goal and at that point you're probably not a good actor (laughs) i mean you've been focusing on your body so much you probably haven't been focusing on acting and if you have well audition more yeah ten quarto wouldn't have been my choice for namor but he looks like he's gonna do a good job and they're going a different direction with it which i can appreciate and it looks good new ideas are always welcome personally luke evans would have been my choice i think he would have been a great namor but Marvel is not the only people who are under flack currently, um, at least that Marvel artist. Uh, DC is currently under flack as well because they came out with um, a series of Hispanic Heritage Month covers for their comics. And uh, it was very insulting and s- stereotyping for their uh, Hispanic covers because they basically made it seem like 
the only way to show that a person is Hispanic is to have them holding some type of Hispanic food. Yeah, you shouldn't boil them down just to their food. To their food, yeah, that's kind of silly. And each cover, both, you know, both green, they have two Green Lantern covers because they have two Hispanic Green Lanterns. They have a Hawk Girl cover and a Blue Beetle cover. And each one of them, every single one of them, they're holding some type of Hispanic food. Holding tacos, holding like chimichangas um the hot girl one she's got like multiple plates of food and she's in like a hispanic restaurant and she's like grabbing it's, it's almost like she's being a waitress in the hispanic there's, restaurant there's so many other ways to show heritage like traditional clothing landmarks yeah they could have had any type of landmark in the background a really nice family gathering or something like a celebration rather than even a flag would have worked for like in, where they're from yeah, I mean that could have been flowing in in the background of any That's of. That's what of, we of do in covers. America. Just throw an American flag behind. Them. Oh, we're showing our appreciation. Flags everywhere. So that is has definitely put DC under some uh, flack, which is respectfully worthy. Yeah. Yeah. And that is what I have for news. Do you have anything else Ooh. coming coming out of the uh, woodwork for anything? I have a. Fun fact that Sabrina's Cat Salem from Sabrina, like the Teenage Witch and slash the Chilling Ventures of Sabrina, he's getting his own comic for Halloween. Salem. <laughs> Salem the Cat. Is it from Archie Comics, Dina? The show is based off of a comic book, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Mm-hmm. It's going to be that version of Salem, which is a part of the Archie universe. I wonder if he talks then, because cause if... Cause, I think he talked in the comics. Because he talked in the original show. And that was obviously a more comedic version of, of the character, and it was based a lot off of, like, the Archie comics. Then they did the Chilling Adventures, which was a lot more darker of a take on it. And then they did the TV show based off of it, and the t- in the TV show, which we watched and loved, Salem did not talk. I mean, technically, he could talk when he wasn't in his cat form. If he was in his demon form, he could talk his demonic language. I'm pretty sure it wasn't that yeah. the thing. But his demonic, demonic form went away when he became cat, when he took on the cat form. I'm pretty sure this one can talk, otherwise it'd be a very interesting comic. Oh no, it might Maybe be it's just all in his head, or you know, or maybe it's just a silent comic where it's like he's just going around doing these crazy adventures and there's no dialogue. That'd be, that'd be cool. Yeah, maybe. But um, this will hit stands October 12th during the time of Halloween. I'm sure we'll talk about it again. And it's going to be a part of Archie Comics' Month of Mayhem, where they're going to be doing a whole bunch of different Halloween storylines in the month of October. Plus, um... I looked at the cover of it, a preview of the cover, and it looks like a pet cemetery cover. And it's That's pretty fantastic. awesome. So yeah, it'll be called The Chilling Adventures of Salem. <laughs> the Chilling Adventures of Salem. I'm sure we'll get some people confused. And and uh, one more thing, too, that's not very comic-related that I do remember is something else was announced slightly because Justin Long was being um, interviewed. Justin Long, you know, a uh, young actor known for like Jeepers Creepers and Dodgeball and things like yeah, that. Yeah, love him. Um, he uh, ha- is, is good friends with Kevin Smith, who obviously cast him in, in multiple roles now since then. He's been in, like, um, Jane Silent Bob Reboot. He was in... Zack and Mary Make a Porno. Zack and Mary Make a Porno as, as a um, gay porn star, which was hilarious, um, where, where his lover was um, Superman, and uh, then Br- this... Brandon Routh. And then he reprised that role pretty much in, uh, wasn't it? Jane Silent Bob Reboot. Reboot. I knew that. <laughs> but one other thing that he was a part of, Kevin Smith's movie Tusk. Which is like a horror film where a person kidnaps another person dressed as, and you know, dresses them up as a walrus. 
and you know very odd storyline but it was kevin smith's like second go at doing like a horror film his other one was red state which which was almost more of a thriller but regardless this movie is tusk movie was like his kind of creepy movie in a way he was kind of going for like a horror film while at the same time kind of being goofy like his normal stuff didn't do super well and uh it's by far kind of his most odd movie that he's ever done regardless though in an interview uh Justin Long was was talking about the fact that they had a text group that was going on while they were making the movie they have not used it since all of a sudden Kevin Smith started using it again to message Hmm, Justin Long and have everyone else be involved as well and started pitching ideas for a sequel to Tusk so apparently there there is a Tusk sequel in the works. I wonder if he was just really high while he was... <laughs> that could be... I mean, Kevin Smith is really high all the time, so... But maybe he got, like, extra high, and then he's, like, looking at the text messages, like, oh, man, I had a freakout. How do you oh, know? shit, now I have to make Tusk 2. I start pitching ideas for I Tusk. never wanted to do Tusk 2. Kevin Smith's a great guy, though. I did meet him once. And there's picture proof, of, but I'm the one holding the camera, so not very is good picture proof. Is it proof, then? I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> Bastards. One last little piece of news, which is not too much news, but it is hopeful speculation is that Batgirl <laughs> the Batgirl movie may be released still. There was Like we mentioned earlier. There was a new private screening and with the huge uproar from fans that it might still get its chance, but if it does, it's not gonna be on HBO or uh, it probably won't be on HBO Max or be in theaters. They're probably gonna find another outlet for it just like they have they have for a bunch of the other Batman things. So does that just about do it for our uh, news? It does for this week, because we don't want to overload you on news, because you're here for new comics. That was quite a lot of news. I don't know why we might have overloaded them anyways, because that was, that was a lot of news. I'm sure there's a lot more that we did not cover. Yeah, there's probably some stuff that we didn't, like, probably some obvious stuff even, too, that we didn't jump, jump to or anything, but... Next up is our new comics for the week. The thing you come to this podcast for, I would assume, because it is comic book day, so you're probably coming here to at least hear about the new comics for the week. So jumping to new comics for the week, things that are coming out today, hitting the shelves. First up, we will go to Marvel, because we have 16 comics hitting the shelves today. By far the biggest for the week. Normally it's like 16 and 15-ish for like both Marvel and DC. This week, DC is remarkably low on their comics that are coming out. Maybe it's because they're trying to keep a certain amount of comics out. Marvel's like, I got this. I'll take the lead this week. Well, they did. With 16 new comics, first off being Amazing Fantasy number 1000. Ooh. And that is 60 years worth of of Amazing Fantasy. Amazing Fantasy being the uh, comic that first started... Spider-Man. Spider-Man came out in 1962 with Amazing Fantasy number 15, and that was 60 years ago, and that is now up to issue number 1000, where they do return back to Spider-Man and uh, bring in just a shit ton of artists and, and writers to work on it. Yeah. And after that, we get Ant-Man number two. Ant-Man number two is... Uh, a different Ant-Man. It's it's no longer uh, Scott Lang. It's no longer uh, Hank. No longer Hank Pym or Scott Lang. Yes, it is no longer Hank Pym or Scott Scott Lang. It is now 
uh, Eric O'Grady, and it's a story about um, him, in, him ending up in a future where scrolls have taken over the world. And uh, the story focuses on the fact that he needs to get Scott Lang's helmet. And Scott Lang's dead in the future, obviously. So where's his helmet? And so he needs, to, he needs to do some grave robbing and get his helmet because there's like a secret code within it that he needs to get. Okay. So grave robbing and stuff. And... Uh, what a way to kick it off yeah well and and th- this is issue number two so so uh, in the last issue he found out what he needed to do this issue he's gonna have to do it still second issue grave robbing hmm. and then we have Deadpool bad blood number four which um, anyone who's reading this or um, is interested in it it's actually the original first graphic novel of Deadpool but re-released in comic book form, so it, it will have individual comics when originally it was one full graphic novel. Hmm. And so this is it being re-released, but in comic book form. That's a bit backwards, but... Yeah, a little bit. But this is also, um, issue four is the finale of it, and it, it is um, Rob Liefeld, which is the creator of, of Deadpool, and it kind of, people say that this is just his, his number one best storyline of Deadpool. And... We also are getting Gambit number two out of five. Ooh. Marvel is is really big on doing the uh, two of fives, three of fours, you know, all these little five, six issue miniseries rather than doing full, long series that, that go up into the hundreds and things like that anymore. Instead, they're kind of just doing, like, short stories of five or six issues at a time yeah i think it's because a lot of people don't have the time to be reading long lasting comic book stories which is a shame but the they have the time to pick up at least these storylines that do most of the time connect with one another but if they read just this one it's not going to make or break and i guess it's an it's appealing to people who don't read comics often because then they can look at this issue and, and see right there on the cover that it's two of five and they're like okay i only need to pick up five issues and i have the whole run also Where, helps them whereas, keep track of yeah having the collection versus- whereas because because if if marvel's worried about only putting out you know a short little story because you know people's attention spans aren't aren't what they used to be or anything like that that doesn't make any sense because they they could have their long series that goes 500 issues but broken up obviously into multiple storylines which is what comics do yes comics all always have like oh this is issue 46 but it's issue three of the web of shadows storyline yeah i mean it it just this is just giving them more defined like beginning and end yeah but they have a lot and one of them is gambit which is going to be a five issue series and it's on issue number two and this one's really cool though because it's young gambit and it's um a story about Row. Her name is Row, but most people know her more as Aurora Munro, which is Storm. And Storm, it, this is her um, reverted back to being a child. So back in time, she's a child again, and she doesn't have any of her me- any of her memories. And she's trying to get her memories back and uh, trying to, to to still keep her her powers the strength that they are. And at the same time, she's running around being a thief with with young gambit as well so so it's like a buddy thief yeah storyline yeah and and um uh in the comics they they had met each other in the past anyways because he was he was a part of a thieves guild and and she was running the streets as a pit pocket when she was a kid anyways too so 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 back at it so i guess people just wanted some more of that 
and then we get Iron Fist number five of five, Ooh. and that is uh, a whole storyline about a brand new Iron Fist and him struggling to make the power accept him and everything. So this is years after yeah after Danny lost his uh, abilities, sacrificing them to save you know the world, save save everyone. He he has not seen any powers of the Iron Fist for a long time and never thought he would again and, and then all of a sudden he sees someone else sees someone else using it but but then the big question is throughout the series is did he actually get it rightfully from Kun Lung you know from the dragon or did so. someone like give it to him did he take it <gasps> and so that's the, that's the big storyline with this and it's five issues this is the final one to, to finish off the storyline the f- big finale and then after Iron Fist we get, we get Knights of X which is something that I'm super interested in, and I told you a little bit about, which I know that sounds interesting to you. And it's basically Marvel's reaction to DC's Knights of Steel. Yeah. Dark Knights of Steel. Love us medieval comics. Yeah, so this is Knights of X, and it focuses primarily on Betsy Braddock, who is um, formerly, she had her mind melded with the uh, Japanese ninja, Quanon. Knights of X, though, it primarily focuses on on her on Betsy Braddock being stuck in another world called Otherworld. That's an interesting name yeah, very, for very a creative. World. Yeah, Otherworld, which uh is very like round table and uh it literally has Merlin and Arthur in it and uh people are hunted for being called witch breed. And I'm sure that's the equivalent of mutants. Yes, it is. And and so of course, she has to now protect these mutants because she's not going to like just dip out on this world. So she does want to try to find a way back. But in the meantime, she's trying to save, save as many mutants, mutants as she can. As she can. Yeah. And uh, the very first cover of, of this series, this is uh, on this is on issue number five. But issue number one, when you go back and look at it, the cover for issue number one has a big purple dragon. Like knights, yeah. knights of the round table type dragon, like yeah, huge D&D style yeah. dragon. Oh, I love and some the fact that it's purple makes me think that it's Lockheed, a dragon from from the X Men. It's Kitty's Kitty dragon. Pride's dragon, so it just kind of makes me think like that would be that dragon. Because how often do you see a purple dragon? Not very often, unless it's like her powers or something projected into it. No, dragon. no, definitely is not. It doesn't. It's not that type of purple. Okay. It's like purple skin and huge. But, not like astral but no, but but speaking but like, of her powers, though, I mean, I, it it is cool that she's able to do this because obviously she's been a part of like the team Excalibur most recently, and she has the sword being created by her abilities, yeah. the, the psychic sword that looks like Excalibur. Excalibur yeah, yeah, it looks like the old it knight, looks knight so sword. So cool. We also have Mech Strike, Monster Hunters, which basically think uh, Marvel meets Beast Wars from Transformers. This is issue number three of five, and the big cliffhanger that they have for this is the fact that they're they're teasing a big final page reveal of a villain that's been behind it the whole time, and and they're revealing the big bad of the series at the end. I wonder who it's going to be. There's so many cool options that they could do with this. And at the same time, in this issue, uh, Loki goes full Liam Neeson with it, and... uh, yells to release the kraken and so yeah, yeah there, there is a kraken involved in this issue i'm not a big fan of mechs but i can't help it that, that looks pretty cool and then we get moon knight black white and blood 
number four of four. Ooh, I love the black, white, and blood. Yeah, they the recently they had um uh, like black, white, and gold for Wonder Woman in the, DC. They had black, white, and blood with uh, Carnage. Yeah, black. Um, and so where they do the entire issue, basically the entire series in black and white with just the bits of red for the blood and for like, or splashes Wonder, of color. Or in Wonder Woman's case, yeah, gold. Yeah, and so both DC and Marvel were doing this where they were kind of putting out these series of comics where it's it's all black and white to kind of tell more of the story and focus less on the color and and then have these big splashes of like red or or I think there was um there was even black, white and red that was uh or there was black, white and yellow for Daredevil, I believe. There was black, um white and red for um maybe even a Deadpool series. Yeah, Regardless there there they they had multiple series that were all black white and and a color and it's it's just so nice it just brings so much emphasis on to mostly fight scenes and his his big <laughs> his big battle that you're like what you're talking about is actually with himself in this and because obviously moon knight we know that he's like a split personality and they they really go into that with this series and this is the big finale where he's gonna have his you know the biggest battle of his life with himself and it and it's yeah. i guess it's a very hallucinatory type comic series they, i wonder they what that looks really like on the it. outside like what pe- what are people seeing like him stabbing himself or is he just like oh, in a, a comatose state there's a there? there's a great scene of of um uh in avx which is avengers versus x-men years back with uh an entire psychic battle which was actually uh in real life they were watching emma emma frost and cyclops fight each other full-on like attacking each other but in their heads they were having dinner and and like being very polite and sipping sipping soup and stuff and then all of a sudden emma's face just goes right into the soup <laughs> and uh and then it cuts to outside and and he's got her like by by the collar and she's just knocked out practically because he whooped her jeez i wonder how the uh, how can someone split focus so much that they can be having dinner and fighting someone at the same time. Incredibly strong telepaths, because that was when they were yeah, both possessed by the phoenix. That's what so I call multitasking. She's already a strong telepath, and then he's possessed by the phoenix as well, so they're both kind of... Yeah, so probably something along those lines. I think the phoenix was probably fighting, and then and then Scott and Emma were probably eating dinner. Yeah, I guess the phoenix was fighting itself. Yeah. After that, we also have Star Wars Obi-Wan number four of five. Which, again, just like the last week when we were talking about a Star Wars comic, it involves a sandstorm. Of course it does. But this one doesn't have... Sand. It doesn't have Darth Vader, at least. It isn't Darth Vader having to deal with his old nemesis sand. Instead, this is Obi-Wan kind of bunkering down in his home while, while there's a sandstorm going on. And he's it gives him time to reflect on the past. And it's it's kind of a flashback comic where it, it, it explores a story that we haven't seen yet of him with Anakin. I wonder if he's just so. like... Oh man, Anakin would hate this every yeah, time there's a sandstorm. That's probably what it was, and that's probably why he started reminiscing about Anakin, because all of a sudden he starts to go back, and we get to see a storyline of of him and Anakin where they saved this person a while back, and we get to see a whole new story of the two of them during the Clone Wars. And then we also get Thunderbolts number one of five. Mm. This is a brand new series, and it involves a, a brand new lineup of Thunderbolts being led by Hawkeye. He gets tasked with leading a brand new, brand new group of 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 characters for Thunderbolts, and the the team consists of Spectrum, which um, a lot yeah. of people don't necessarily know who Spectrum is. I know, but, I don't. But Spectrum, you do know, uh, but that is uh, Captain Marvel, basically. But it's Rambo. Oh, okay, Monica Rambo. Yeah, Monica Rambo as 
Captain Marvel, basically, but instead she has her own superhero name, which is Spectrum. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, it's a lot cooler than, than just taking on the name of another superhero. Agreed. And then uh, America Chavez, Ooh. who we recently saw in, yeah, in, I liked her a lot in that. Multiverse of Madness. And we have Power Man, yeah. which most people know as Luke Cage, but that is his superhero name, Power Man. I like Power Man more. A character named Persuasion, and a character named Guts and Glory, <laughs> which is literally the name. Gutson is the first name, last name is Glory. Guts oh and Glory. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. To be the brand new Thunderbolts, which... Thunderbolts have been in the comics for a long time, and there's been multiple different renditions of them. This is the most recent one, and it's led by by Hawkeye, the original Hawkeye. And then uh, I, I do want to throw out too. This is this is not a brand new comic, but it is brand new onto the shelves today that you can pick up, which is Thunderbolts Marvel Tales number one, which will get you all caught up on Thunderbolts for this new comic that's coming out. Oh, okay, cool. At least mostly, it it, it explores um, a storyline from 1997 with the Thunderbolts, and it also explores um, something that is teased as being the greatest trick Marvel ever pulled ever since the 1968 with the Thunderbolts. The first incarnation was back in 1968, and ever since then, there's been multiple different versions yeah. through the decades. To give you, just to give you a little taste of what each... But it's a single issue. It, coming it's from coming out, I believe, at $7.99, um, and it's... It's going to be an oversized an, comic. Yeah, and it explores the past of the Thunderbolts. And if you want to get even more in-depth with that, you can always recommend that as an episode to us for a Crash Course in Comics, our other podcast where we do entire histories on characters, characters groups, group, storylines. Yep, entire histories on teams and everything. So if you want to know more about the team of the Thunderbolts since their first incarnation in comics and what they've done in the comic books all the way up till now, you can give us that as a, as a recommendation. You can hit us up on, uh, with a link on this episode or you can even hit us up on social, social media. media which yeah. will we'll give you guys all the links on that at the end of the episode but next up on the shelves we're getting variants number three of five which is completely focused on jessica jones so if you enjoyed jessica jones from the netflix tv series yes. or even yeah. just from from reading her comic books like um alias incorporated i just love the defenders characters and There's... she and she was hot played by Kristen ritter yeah the, like, and that's like the number one thing i've ever thought she also was interesting by. their personalities are clashing just the right way to keep it interesting, but they work together. It's just, oh. They could they couldn't have gotten a better person to play her too. Oh, yeah. and, and I really hope she comes back. Agreed. It, this storyline follows her believing she's on a routine investigation, which actually leads to her meeting different variants of herself from the multiverse, and she ends up having to help other versions of herself and kind of begrudgingly get help from them as well. And there is a variant cover for this issue number one, I believe, actually, uh, of Scotty Young. And it's, uh, you know, anybody who listens to this podcast knows that we love Scotty Young covers because he always draws, like, little kitty versions of everything, like and it's Kel adorable. Like Calvin and Hobbes sort of style. Yeah, very very much Calvin and Hobbes type. And he drew himself at his drawing table being asked by multiple variants of Jessica Jones to draw a variant cover of the variants asking him to draw a variant cover. And it's hilarious and very, like, tongue-in-cheek and... and adorable so after that we also get wild cards wild cards number two of four this series is very interesting in the fact that it is um based on a series of novels and short stories from the past three decades and it was all started from george rr R. martin the creator of game of thrones yeah he was the editor and mastermind of this entire series called wild cards which huh. has 25 novels 
it's got upwards of 20 and more short stories from 40 different authors wow over the past three decades this is the first time that it's ever been in comics but it it's uh it's a story of an alternate history in america where suddenly um people get hit with the wild card virus and the wild card virus will either do one of one of a few things to you you'll either draw what is called um drawing the black queen which means you're going to die from from that wild card virus or you become a joker because the people who do get hit with the wild card virus but live become jokers which is um you get you end up with a power you can live with it but it's kind of an odd thing you're mutated you look funny or you end up like with a mundane power that lets you levitate an inch off the floor and that's all you can do (laughs) something kind of silly and uh, yeah um but you're considered a joker at that point or the lucky ones end up as aces where they end up with the really cool powers and it kind of forces them to become heroes and 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 take part in the community and save this this world that is changing or the other path and become a villain but regardless that is the ace the you know you you ended up with the ace card you 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 lucked out you turn into a puppy (laughs) yes ace the bat hound yes yes no um, but uh, this is the first time of it being in comic book form, and that is such a cool premise because it and it takes place back in like the the fifties, it seems like, or even earlier, like the thirties or forties, very like Rocketeer esque. Yeah, period piece. And it's and it's an alternate, alternate history, history of of. of yeah, I'd like to see that as a show, though. <laughs> that would be really cool, and and it's George R. R. Martin who basically masterminded the whole thing, so it's got to be pretty cool, and so it's maybe... probably got to have a lot of death and and sex and crazy shit that you don't see coming from a mile away at least you'd hope so because otherwise i don't think it'd be as interesting and you'll probably <laughs> grow to love a character and then find out he dies in the next issue no. but don't even say that. very cool though wild cards is what it's called it's on issue two of four so go pick up issue number one and two and there you go you only got two more to go and it's going to be very cool i'm sure it makes me want to go back and read the actual novels and then after Wild Cards, we get X Force number thirty-one, which is actually an Axe tie-in. We've talked about Axe in previous episodes, which is Avengers, X-Men, and Eternals, because the Eternals believe that X-Men are deviants, and since their whole goal in, in life is to take on deviants and kill deviants from That's from taking deviants. over the world, because they see mutants as being a deviation of the human genome and how they're the next step in evolution. That is like the ultimate deviation from humanity humanity so they think you know that they need to wipe out all mutants and basically they can because they're all practically gods and this is kind of a cool storyline of basically showing just how powerful and strong the eternals are because i feel like a lot of people find them to just be cheap knockoffs of the x-men or of the inhumans they're like the godly x-men but yeah they're practically gods and they can definitely one person came in um uh, and just showed that he could just practically i think his name's uranus and he just came in and just destroyed how can they almost all of the mutants how can the x-men even survive this i mean they're starting to show that maybe they are deviants or something because they are showing that they can go full god mode god mode because um like i mentioned in a previous episode magneto got punched straight through the through the stomach by uranus and um huge hole in his gut basically he's dead is is you know presumed yeah and then you find out no he just stands back up he all you see is cosmic energy coming from his stomach just pouring out almost like gas and he just looks up his eyes are glowing and he's just like you know if if you're going to kill somebody make sure they're dead and just goes full like 
Omega class mutant on them. There has to be something deeper behind this because they can't keep the X Men being immortal. Well, another tie-in that's that's coming out as well as X Force is X Men number fourteen, and the big tagline for this is "Was Cyclops right?" Yes. That in my head is referencing back to Avengers versus X Men, where he wound up thinking that the the Phoenix Force was coming to Earth to save mutant kind, not destroy the the world like everyone else thought it was going to. The Avengers tried to stop it. He tried to, to save it. That's what ended up making it get split into five different X-Men, and they became the Phoenix Five. Ultimately, like we were talking about, he, he ends up fighting Emma. They end up being the last two with the Phoenix Force in them. He defeats Emma. He ends up with the entire Phoenix Force within him. They were actually saving the world. They started doing some things that were a bit drastic, but they were saving the world, and they definitely were bringing back mutant kind. And then uh, after he gets the full Phoenix Force in him, though, he just eradicates Professor X, who tries to stop him. And so obviously he becomes like mutant criminal number one across the entire world. And everybody hates Cyclops. But ultimately, when he gets defeated, the Phoenix leaves him, goes right to Hope, who it was originally making the beeline for, Hope Summers, goes into her... She flies around the entire world, basically just touching random people and bringing back their mutant genome and brings the mutant population from mere like tens, tens. to thousands. thousands again brings them back from from the brink of extinction so he was right and uh that's the big tagline for the end of avengers vs x-men is him holding up his arms in a big x basically saying and and there's the little tagline of like cyclops was right with a question mark and now they're saying it again with this storyline so it seems like maybe that's something they're going to focus on with this a lot yeah, and maybe they judged him too quickly and they are basically saying that that um, there is it is the day of judgment, and it's here, and only one person can judge them. I don't know who that person is, but that is their big storyline for this. And uh, the 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 other little shorts, like the the other premise that is happening within X Force number thirty one that's coming out is the fact that Craven is hunting mutants as well, because he finds them to be since they they're boasting as being like the next step in evolution and yeah. everything not only are the eternals going after them craven now finds them to be the ultimate game and so he's trying to hunt them as well that's fair i mean if okay. they're the next step yeah what, what's better and i thought i'd throw into just uh because we're talking about marvel and we're talking about x-men uh apparently some fun news that's going on with that is the big love triangle that's always been there Jean gray cyclops and wolverine is now an official like true love triangle it seems in the comics thruple. that's what it seems like um because there's definitely like people were already feeling like it was hinting at the fact that maybe cyclops is is fucking around with wolverine as well as gene and vice versa and and you know wolverine's messing around with both cyclops and gene and it was practically confirmed when it showed them both sitting in a panel of the comics uh, they're sitting together, they're talking about how beautiful the view is, and then he goes, yeah, it's it's um, about as, as beautiful as, as Jean in a bikini or something, is what Wolverine says, and then Cyclops is like, or me in a bikini, and then Wolverine's like, well, who would turn that down? And it's kind of like, it seems like they're referencing the fact that they're all kind of banging each other, especially since on Krakoa and everything, they kind of made it a law that they need to start breeding, and so basically everyone needs to just get over their past indifferences and bang everyone just needs to be in love with each other love hate turned into love making and it's already confirmed too that he's that cyclops is is messing around with emma again he's kind of back with emma but at the same time he's married to gene gray you know who's back and yeah neither of us like gene gray get with betsy braddock yeah cyclops needs to get with 
obviously the the next one in line. He loves psychics, and who's the next best psychic? Boom, Psylocke, the best psychic. So he just needs to get with her, sexy, you know, British bombshell Betsy purple Braddock hair. with purple hair, and can can mess with his mind just like the other women. Aha. But yeah, it shows that Gene is back with Cyclops, but messing around with Wolverine. Cyclops is back with with both Emma and Gene, but seemingly messing around with Wolverine as well. And just a big old X Men orgy happening in comics right now. Yeah. But that kind of wraps up Marvel this week, and Manda will take over for DC. And what's happening over in DC, babe? Well, in DC right now, there's a Number one to start off with, uh, it's Saved by the Bell Reeve, number one. <laughs> saved by the Bell Reeve. It's going to be an anthology series that's going to be 80 pages. Several artists and writers are going to get together and create a bunch of different stories for it. And this will be the return of Tiny Titans that we haven't seen hey. in quite a while. So that'll be fun. And a couple of other storylines that are going to be included are The Suicide Squad the Super Sons, which includes Damian, Wayne, and John Kent, and Black Lightning, and a few more. So I think that one's going to be a lot of fun. And it's all in different art styles. Yeah, like the cutesy, we got the super serious teenage high school drama. Of course, we're doing Tiny Titans, so, you know, I mean, it's going to be pretty, pretty cutesy. cutesy. I, lo- yeah. I love this art style because it looks like it's just sketched on there and it's yeah. so much fun. Yeah, it almost looks like a little kid go to drown it. That's always been their kind of thing. And uh, and for those of you who don't know, Belle Reeve is the uh, prison. It's like the insane asylum for Metropolis, I believe, and, um, you know, in contrast to Arkham with Gotham. We have Belle Reeve in Metropolis. And uh, so Saved by the Belle Reeve is a beautiful little pun. And the next thing I have is the 2022 Flash Annual, Love on the Run. It's... To put it simply, Wally West and Linda Park are going to go on an adventure, and, well, Linda has to write her book, and Wally's been jumping from realm to realm. Of course he has. Uh, he's going to take her with, with him, him. <laughs> and they're going to, and they're going to have, spend some quality time together since they've Going both. from realm to realm. And she's having, like, a power surge. That is such a, such a uh, Wally West thing. Yeah, she's having a power surge of some sort. Go and back and listen to our previous episode where we went in depth on the whole history of, of Wally West, because this is so just 100% Wally West, and he has done things like this since the beginnings of his comics. And then, next up, we have another annual. It's Harley Quinn Annual 2022. Um, and so this, they're kind of focusing on all their annuals right now, it seems like. That's why they only have seven issues. And then there's going to be... Uh, this is going to be the end of the Harley Quinn Task Force XX. Oh, okay. And, yeah, where she's been going into space and doing crazy things like yeah, that. Yeah, Luke Fox provides them with some new gear. And they're going to take to try to take down the aliens and save the Earth, of the course. The aliens that, that they chased back from space to Earth. I didn't look too much. Who thinks in- that it's Luke Fox's child? Right? Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. look too far into it because I really want to read it from the beginning now because I want to find out what happens with that. That's yeah, adorable. So um, then next we have is Harley Quinn: The Real Sidekicks of Gotham Special, which actually came out yesterday on digital. But here we are. I do a lot of things for DC. Yeah, it's so- they, they they always re- they tend to release a lot of their comics early so if, if you're a big dc fan you usually can get them digitally the day before they come out physical 
Yeah, so then with this, it's going to be, it's the writers of the TV series with the uh, with writers for uh, the Eat, Bang, Kill tour. And they're going to be... Which is the comic that takes place between seasons. Yeah, so this is going to be a one-shot that's going to take place, I'm pretty sure it takes place after the Eat, Bang, Kill tour. But before the new series? Maybe during the new series. Okay. I'm not I'm not entirely sure because I am currently catching up on But the cover the does show both of them both harley and, and poison ivy so it's it's almost kind of it's almost like an anthology in a way with um sidekicks telling stories about what's going on in new gotham on the news reporters talk show and and a, a big thing with this is the idea of <coughs> of starting a heroes for hire idea so yeah so if, if you want to read into Harley Quinn possibly starting her own version of the Heroes for Hire from Marvel that was Luke Cage and uh, Iron Fist, where they basically decided, why are we doing all this work but not getting paid for it? You can see how Harley kind of comes across that same idea. You you might want to read the Eat, Bang, Kill tour or watch the new season. Eh, Both, both, do both. (laughs) Um, Next I have is Sandman Universe nightmare country very excited for netflix for that number five uh the so this is a monthly issue so we haven't been seeing it the past couple months Mm -hmm. because of the hiatus but uh this series goes back to like sandman's roots with a lot of nightmare fuel type like activity and as far as i've read into it that it's enjoyed by new fans and old fans alike, and also not meant for before bed reads, because it <laughs> Cause may cause people. nightmares. Um, Which makes sense because it's the same man. So, my next comic: Superman, Superman War, War World. World Apocalypse Number One. Superman is back, and he's been betrayed. Of course, but he doesn't know. He just figures out who. I'm not sure who it is yet, but who's betrayed him? Who's betrayed him? Yeah, because I don't want to read. Uh, I don't want to read too much into it because the more I read about the storyline, the more I want to pick it up. It's going to be the final chapter, and apparently, empires will rise and fall. So many final chapters happening right now in both Marvel and DC. And then I have Wonder Girl Annual uh, Secrets of the Amazon, where Yara Floor has been crowned Wonder Girl, hmm. as seen in another comic series, Trials of the Amazons. Okay. And her tribe have been accepted by the Amazon Sisterhood, and there's a bunch of new stories that um, that intertwine with her current timeline. So that will be fun. Yeah, it's probably right right there happening with um, Nubia being the new queen since um, Hippolyta is no longer there, and she took over the, as as the new Hippolyta basically. So next up we have uh, IDW because oh. it has more. That was it for DC, huh? Yeah, that was it. Oh my gosh. That just seems so odd that DC would have so little. Yeah, seven comics, but we're going to go to IDW because they have the next big amount. Oh, um, Fine, you can just keep on going then, babe. Well, there's, there's another one that only has seven. That still doesn't add up to Marvel's 16. <laughs> and what does IDW have this week? Starting off with uh, D&D Ravenloft Orphan of Ooh, Agony. D&D. It's like Frankenstein meets D&D and this... This young girl, she's brought back with no memory, and she's trying to figure out why she got brought back and who wanted her dead to begin with. 
Like, why was she killed? And Ravenloft has definitely been a thing with D&D for, for quite some time now. Very creepy, like... Yeah, they, like, go, they go into, like, Dracula, basically, with Strahd and things like that. And yeah, they go, very they do... horror-themed, so yeah. what a good time for it to be yeah, out. Halloween time for D&D. And then, in the, in the more recent issue, she is going to make a break for it. So, why is she making a break for it? Pick up the first issue. It's only on number three. Sounds like my D&D campaign, how it's all, like, horror-themed and stuff. Yeah, bouncing around from world to world. Yeah. Next up, we have G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero 294. And on in this issue, Cobra Island is using a casino as a front while they <laughs> or, while they're resurrecting villains and heroes to create the ultimate Cobra army of of zombie heroes and villains. Yeah, <laughs> that's, so, that's that's that so is very eighties GI Joe. Joe yeah. yeah, and then that's fantastic. Next after that, we have uh, Star Trek Picard Stargazer number one. The series is set between season two and season three of the Picard. Paramount series. Mm. And I will not be discussing it further because of spoilers for Crash and I. Yeah, because we do really want to watch Picard. We're both Trekkies, so we, we both very much enjoy Star Trek in general. She's actually a huge fan of just Patrick Stewart in general. Patrick Stewart's the best. Yeah, she'd like to get in his pants. but And be his best friend yeah. and everything. But he is, uh, yeah, her biggest crush, and we're, we're definitely going to try to watch that show at some point, so we don't want to ruin it. And then another one we have is TMNT Best of Baxter Stockman. This God, why do we need the best of Bas- Baxter Stockman? Because he is super amazing, or so he thinks. No, he's a fly. Um, Literally. This is going to be an oversized comic, and he, Baxter Stockman is known as an inventor an evil genius, a businessman, and a villainous fly. At one point, he also was a mayor. Yeah. Oh, my God. I wonder if it was before or after he became a fly. He's one of the turtle's most pesky villains. And if you, <laughs> and if you want to know more... But don't... If you want to know more about this, this oh-so-great villain, again, his words, not mine, then you should pick up this, and it'll give you some background into a character that was in the newer... In the newer movies. Or if apparently Baxter Stockman is just somebody that people are apparently really loving on and wanting to find out more about, we'll always even do an episode on him on Crash Course in Comics if it's really necessary. Yeah. We don't just we don't just do regular DC Marvel characters. We will, we also... will do an episode on any character you want. And one day it will be the Ninja Turtles because our children are the Ninja Turtles. We need to give you some backstory on them. Yep. All of our kids <laughs> named after the Ninja Turtles. And then we have Transformers Last Bot Standing number four. Alright, does it have Tim Allen? No. No. Oh, last Bot Standing. So. This is the final installment of a miniseries. It's a self-exiled hero who wakes up on a world during an invasion threatening to reveal a secret that he, like, the reason why he self-exiled himself. Hmm. He's trying to keep the secret... And these and these alien invaders are coming to this planet that he decided to hide on, or at least woke up on, and is trying to destroy everything. So he's going to try to take down all these alien invaders. Will he survive, or will some, will this some is other Transformers? Bot, yeah, or will some other bot be the last man uh, be the last bot standing? So when he said when it says alien invaders, I'm assuming it must be like other Transformers you invading. Probably since the last bot standing, so yeah. it must be other bots. Or there's another bot on there. <gasps> When you say aliens, I'm, I'm, I, I think like, you know, 
alien creatures are attacking, but it, it's most likely like well, transformers are transformers. aliens to us, so and anything, aliens to each other. anything from that planet is not is an alien. Yeah, I guess so. so he's, he's an, an alien, alien yeah. on that planet, so <laughs> <laughs> getting attacked by other people like himself. And then the last one I have is Transformers Shattered Glass Two, issue number one. I do love Transformers. Optimus is a ruthless tyrant, and Megatron is a peacekeeper, and yeah, Cybertron such a cool is idea. A, on brink of war. It's a lot of role reversal, yeah. uh, different paint schemes. Even some of them even have like beards and mustaches. Like the what? evil ones got like the like shapes of beards and yeah, mustaches yeah, yeah. on their faces, and it's very confusing for me because I've not been the biggest Transformers fan, but I do love it when there's like these mirror universes. Yeah, I have. Like, well, we 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 like Star Trek, and there is literally the mirror like universe from Star Trek, and that's it for IDW. That's all I've got for IDW. Oh. Only. Only 14 comics for me today. Well, Image has some stuff coming out this week, but not a lot. Just like DC, just like apparently most of the comics. This is this is a poor week for, for comics coming out on a comic book day. Because Image, though, does have a pretty big one coming out, which is Ant. Every issue of Ant is a big one because that is their number one most highest possible recommended comic that they're putting out right now, Image. And I have no idea what it is. And it's, a, and it's a superhero, it's a character um, named Ant, who literally, you see them, they look like they're dressed like a like Spider-Man, but an ant. Is it like the tick, but, but an ant? It's a girl, um, and, and, uh, no, no, no not, not, not like, uh, the tick, because the tick is full comedy, whereas Ant is, um, they definitely go serious with it, but, um, and also, you know, they always go raunchy and a lot more adult-oriented, almost, with anything, Eric Larson, who is the creator of Savage Dragon, which again yeah. is very yeah. kind of an adult comic, and this is this is the finale of this big crossover where it was Ant, Spawn, and Savage Dragon. So, if you want to find out everything that's happened, go pick up issue number one through five. This is issue number five coming out this week. Wow. It's the big Spawn finale of a of crossover. Dragon? Jeez. Spawn, Savage Dragon, and Ant. That sounds like a dangerous one. And then we get Hellcop, number ten, <laughs> and Hellcop is a storyline where. That's such a silly name. We figured out a way to start going into other dimensions. And so we started hopping from dimension to dimension as, as like a society. And then we, we accidentally stumbled upon a dimension that was hell. It was <laughs> pretty much just completely hell. It was fire everywhere, demons, creatures. And so we decided, okay, we need to create a police force that can like keep these creatures from coming over into our world in onto earth so we had so they created helicopters <laughs> yeah and uh and so this issue is actually um there are imaginary creatures coming to life from books oh. and and our helicopter that were you know that's our main character is trying to stop these from coming to earth and so um the main cover of it of this week's issue is what looks to be the Cheshire cat like in the background, so maybe the Cheshire Cat's coming to life from Alice, Alice in Wonder. Wonderland. My first thought was like the Cornish Pixies from Harry Potter. From Harry Potter, yeah. <laughs> like him, like batting at those in the air. Or something. No, instead, it's like a very demonic-looking Cheshire Cat. I've seen a lot of those. People like to twist him up to make him look even scary. creepier. Yeah. Yeah. Very sharp teeth. And then uh, next up, we also get Loaded Bible: Blood of My Blood, which uh, is on its final issue. This, this concludes with, with issue number six out of six, and it concludes with 
Jesus fighting Dracula to the death. <laughs> and this is also from Tim Seeley, which we men- I, I mentioned Tim, Tim Seeley earlier when, when I was talking about the news. Who He's the one who's going to be working on Marvel Unforgiven, that story with the the vampires. team called Forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. With vampires. So apparently Tim Seeley just likes him some vampires. But he, he has Jesus fighting Dracula in the big conclusion to this story. I'm sure it's a great story, but the idea of it is just... Without reading it, it's hilarious. And then we also have Magic Order, Magic Order Three, number two of six coming out today. And that, and when I say Magic Order Three, this is the third volume that's come out, and this is again another Knights of the Round Table type storyline, but it's very modern day, and there's like an overarching like round table for the world when it comes to like magic. And, and so there's different covens of magic around the entire world, depending on, like, different countries, and they all make up almost like the UN of magic. okay. And in the first two volumes, they focused on America and Britain. This is the third volume, and it's focusing on the Asian chapter of this, like, United Nations of, of magic users, basically. All I'm thinking is Pirates of the Caribbean now. <laughs> yeah, all the different pirate yeah. groups. Yeah. Instead of the magic group, it's the pirate group. And then uh, this is actually uh, a comic that is being currently turned into a Netflix TV show. That's slated for 2023. Yep, it's coming out next year. And and this issue itself, uh, well, this, this series, introduces a new major player, which is going to be a focal point for the Netflix TV show, whose name is Sammy Liu. And he's the one who leads the... Asian chapter and they're having problems with a lot of wealthy members being part of the group and being accused of using magic for their own means to become filthy rich which is their which is like against the rules of their order so like in an episode of bluey you don't use your magic for cheekiness yes (laughs) yes bluey we love bluey in this house that basically wraps up uh image comics because again they only had Four issues out this week and so, of course i do have to mention so dynamite though of course because chris crash loves his dynamite gals yes my dynamite gals and uh i mean who doesn't who doesn't love dynamite purely for their fix sexy it, women on the covers fix it covers felix, and fix it. felix loves, loves dynamite, dynamite gals. gals oh my gosh you can tell we're parents <laughs> first up out of dynamite is john carter of mars there's a million other things coming out for Dynamite this week, but it's all variant covers. I'm I'm assuming this is this is the way that Dynamite's making their money currently because obviously they're not, they're not coming out with a million comics a week like Marvel and DC. They're not coming out with big blockbuster movies. They're not coming out with big blockbuster storylines and characters in their comics. They they basically have the same characters that they've had for for quite a while now, and they're characters that have been in, in comics themselves for a long time. Yeah, they have their. They basically have their sexy women. That's that's yeah. primarily what they have is their sexy women. But what they do is they put out variant covers for almost every issue they ever make, and they put out these big, expensive variant covers that are just amazingly drawn. Usually, very, very sexy, and a lot of times, a lot of them are not safe for work covers where there's a lot of nudity. They're almost more of an art company than a comic book. Company. Practically, because they they put out these variant covers, and then that's where they're making their money because their variant covers are fifty dollars and up every time and then they only get increased in in cost over time this artwork is phenomenal 
and it seems like every week they come out with a new cover for a previously put out comic and they have a lot coming out this week but the the first issue that's actually coming out brand new this this week is john carter of mars issue number five and that cover even on its own just the the main cover for the yeah, comic yeah she looks good deja thoris it, it makes me sad because i used to collect so much deja thoris comics purely for the covers even just because oh, she's yeah. she's I sexy mean, and and this is a great cover and it involves a deadly meteor is coming to basically it's going to destroy both earth and barsoom which is the other word for mars and john carter has to use his abilities to try to stop this meteor from destroying both of his worlds basically both of his homes but he might have to sacrifice the ability to go from one world to the other to do so. I only recently watched the movie John Carter of Mars. Which is not a very good like depiction of the original storyline from, from Edgar S. Burroughs' novel. But it Novels. does make me want to at least read the comics. And the comics are a lot closer to the novels. I'm not much of a reading novels sort of gal, but I will read comics. And then we also get Red Sonia number 12 red sony number 12 Ooh, and the cover for this one looks like an anime she looks like an anime yeah, girl it's almost like a manga it, it's or, a beautiful um art. what it looks kind of like it looks like um if for anyone who knows this on netflix uh the castlevania series it kind of looks like the cover art for that show and if you're a fan of mirka and dolfo which we definitely if you listen to our podcast you you've heard that name a million times uh they're the the ones who do sweet paprika a lot, a lot of, of Mirka's work is very sexual in nature. They're very, very sexual, and they're currently working on Red Sonia number 12. And so you're bound to expect it to be quite sexy. And uh, this is the final chapter of the current storyline that's going on. It's still going to continue past issue number 12, but this is the final chapter of this storyline. So go back and, and read all the way up to this point, or jump in on the next issue on 13 to start fresh. And finally... With Dynamite, we get Vampirella, Year One, Issue Number Two. So many covers of Vampirella coming out this week, and just, I love it when they do the um, cosplaying covers, which they do quite often with Dynamite, especially with Vampirella. And Vampirella Year One is actually following directly out of the storyline of Vampirella Dracula which was the most recent major story arc for Vampirella. This comes right out of that where basically every, everyone wants her. I mean, who doesn't? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Um, especially, I mean, that's even a great cover, just the main cover for it. Uh, quite sexy. And so everyone wants her. Everyone's chasing her down. She goes into hiding in, into like an undisclosed location. She's, she, she's bunkered down. She's hiding very, uh, Obi-Wan in his, in his hut with the sandstorm. And so she even just starts to to reminisce about like why she ever even came to Earth. Like what, what possessed her to come to Earth to begin with and things like that. And that's what brings us into a flashback as to year one of Vampirella. Like why home. she came to Earth. You have to go home and rethink your life. Yes. <laughs> with that, we get a, a bit of a um, origin on Draculon, which we have never really gotten too much of. Her home world except for wasn't it like the first issue of vampirelli you see just a little bit of Draculon. yeah and, and there and it's always shown draculon draculon's been talked about in the comics for a long time we did an entire episode on vampirella so go back and listen to that if you want to find out just practically everything that's ever been done with vampirella but 
this kind of gives us more of a direct Draculon origin, as well as an alter, alternate reality Earth called Arcadia. So this is kind of fresh, new with Vampirella, getting a lot of like back, background expanding storylines. So we get to find out a little bit more about Vampirella that wasn't earlier. This probably would it be. wasn't looked into. This probably would be a good place to start if you really want to get into Vampirella is to find out about her past like how sometimes you watch when you all the movies are out of like Lord of the Rings then you start watching the prequels first and then you start watching the uh, Lord of the Rings Two Towers. Watch the Hobbits first. And... You'll be confused coming into this a little bit maybe as to like why she's running and why she's hiding but then you'll get to have a pretty cool reintroduction as to her origin and, and why she came to Earth get the, and where those, she came from. Oh, so that's why that happened sort so. of feeling. And who doesn't want just more Vampirella in general? But that not, not only is she strong, but she's also but she's also gorgeous, so me. That wraps up new comics for this week. Which of course ran longer than than we ever expected to always. So that is it. That wraps up new comics for the week. And it's time to start with what we read this week. What did you read, Crash? Nothing. Of course. So yes. let's just I read I read um the People magazine article on on Ben Affleck marrying uh Jennifer Lopez. One of the best couples in Hollywood. Yes. I'm one, I'm happy about it. One of the I'm happy for him. Huge ones in the making. Yeah, they're on their honeymoon he de- right now. After, he deserves it. After they eloped. So that's nice. But yep, eloped in our state, Nevada. That's enough talking about Batman. And let's move on to Harley Quinn, because that's what I read this week. I was catching back up on the Eat, Bang, Kill tour, so then I can watch the new season, because I feel so behind. It didn't come out that long ago, but I need to catch up. So here we are with the Eat, Bang, Kill tour number one is what I read. And Harley and Ivy have been cha- are being chased by Gordon after the wedding goes <laughs> awry. And oh, Gordon. And he's just done with Harley. Drunk bastard. Ivy, he's upset with, but Harley, he's out for blood. <laughs> and then, so Harley and Ivy, uh, Harley and Ivy are, I already said that, but they're running away. And uh, Harley is trying to get Ivy to speak up about her feelings because she's looking, like, she's looking troubled because of all the people she's hurt. She, she's upset about kite man she's upset about all the other villains that went to prison but which is silly she really shouldn't give a fuck but but harley's trying not to push because she doesn't want to hurt ivy anymore she's trying to do the actual good girlfriend thing which is really nice it's nice to see harley be a little less crazy the she, rock yeah she has her little therapist voice in her head she's every time she looks in a mirror she sees her old self talking to her and then Harley, comf- Harley is able to comfort her a little bit while um, she ha- while Ivy has a breakdown. She she's wishing that she just pretended to love Kite Man, stay with him, because she didn't want to deal with all this pain and hurting everyone. And Harley goes in and helps her take off her wedding dress, and they get a little hot and heavy yeah, in yeah. bed. They, it's very cutesy. It's very romantic, but. Sadly, that is only to be interrupted by a news bulletin on her phone saying that Gordon is vowing to destroy Harley. And that everything is so public in this version of like the 
DC Universe. Yeah, he's like a now. Everything's on the news. They have talk shows yeah. for superheroes and villains. and Yes, like Damien, like, so who's your nemesis? Yeah. <laughs> then Harley has an idea of, well, she didn't get a honeymoon, so let's have the honeymoon. And we can go on the road and get away from the GCPD. And all these other villains are currently in prison, so their hideouts are not being used. And she convinces Ivy that, hey, it's we're doing we're doing them a favor. They probably have pets that need to be fed, plants that need to be watered. We can't just leave them empty. So Ivy agrees. The, their first stop is Selena's house because they need, oh, aka Catwoman, because they need someone to watch her hyenas. Yeah, that's a great idea with Catwoman having all these different cats mm-hmm. and stereotypical cat lady. Gordon, he overheard where they're going next. So when they finally get there without telling Selena that they were coming, they're trying to convince uh, Catwoman that the hyenas are vegetarians and that, oh, yeah. no, it's no problem. We won't ask you for anything ever again. And she won't do it for Harley, but she'll do it for Ivy. As mm-hmm. long as Ivy spills some tea about what's going on with... Everything with Harley. Yeah. But then that's when Gordon decides to yell, we have the place surrounded and they have to try to make their escape. Uh, Batman shows up to stop Gordon from endangering innocence because he is just, he's tearing through this building. He's breaking it down. And (laughs) then Batman lets Harley and Ivy get away because they're not currently trying to hurt anyone. And and Gordon Gordon is making a mess of himself. Gordon is is just as bad as Harley was earlier on in the series. The next issue which is issue number three, because that's the last one I read, was Ivy and Harley are on a date, and they are interrupted by Hush. For those of you who don't know who Hush is, that is Bruce Wayne's former childhood friend, Tommy Elliot, who purposely tried to kill both of his parents to get the inheritance, and failed, and ended up having to be stuck with his mother, who was in hospice care for the rest of her life, until eventually she died, and he did get the money, and uh, he became a famous surgeon and was, you know, rich on his own anyways, but what he did with being a famous surgeon was alter his face to look like Bruce Wayne because he, he figured out that Bruce Wayne was Batman and also just was jealous of Bruce forever for, for being the, the thing he wanted to be, the orphan with all the money. And so he <laughs> tried taking Bruce Wayne's life, basically, and unraveled his face with all these bandages all over it to look like Bruce Wayne and basically took over Wayne tech and froze all the money and was basically becoming the new Bruce Wayne and Batman had to fight him and take back his life. So if you want to hear an episode about Hush, well, you probably just got the gist of it. The gist of it, but there's a lot more that he's done in comics since then. There's a lot more that he did during that whole storyline. At one point he took Selena Kyle, cut her heart out of her chest and had it on like an incubator so that like she was basically stuck there with the heart beating outside of her chest and and Batman had to save her. Well, this is what he's doing in this, in this line of comics. At first I was very confused because it suddenly they were running away from Selena's place to being in a restaurant. But luckily, Harley explains it to the audience because she's like, oh, so th- you must be a little bit confused and so on. And oh, silly me. It actually started from them uh, stopping at a rest stop and Harley was going into a bathroom and these women were talking about them and 
as she was about to stop him, Ivy, Ivy wraps them up in vines and blames Harley for starting a commotion. Okay. And she apologized for it pretty fast, but... Sounds like there's trouble in paradise. And the, there was indication that the police were called, but then it cuts over to Nightwing, who's in the middle of a gym scene. Of and course. Batman calls him. He's trying to pull up his pants. Uh, he's trying to pull up his pants and shows off his bubble butt that he has. Yeah. And um, Batman asks him to stop Gordon's rampage and Batgirl's on her way. Cuts back to Harley and this nice woman helps them get out the back hoping, like seeing him on TV, hopes that they have the love and happiness and offers her their place to stay if they need to lay low. And I, Ivy seems to, uh, like, puts almost the address slyly into her pocket. It almost looked like she was trying to hide it based off the paneling, the panel. But Nightwing shows so up. As they're, as they're leaving. As they're leaving, Nightwing shows up and shows a big picture of his butt of all round and bubbly. Seems like that's that's the MO for this comic is that you got to show Nightwing's butt. Yeah, his name's Nightwing or Nightbutt, as Harley calls him. Okay. And, uh... He's, he's saying that he's going to let them go because so, his real goal is Gordon. Before they even leave him there, they're just calling him, they're saying that he has a sweet ass and that we're women and we're better than that, but we can't help but objectify that ass. Because they make it super bubbly and perky and yeah. it's hard not to pay attention to. And that's when, when they're leaving, Gordon shows up and is pointing a gun at Harley and Ivy and Nightwing steps in the way, trying to protect them. And then uh, Barbara, that's when Barbara or Batgirl shows up and try, trying to convince him to stop. And the only thing that really gets him to stop is that um, he knows that Batgirl is his daughter in this version. So he's his inner monologue is that he's not he's just trying to do this for Gotham. But then he can't help but think that it's his daughter yeah, didn't he? <laughs> didn't he like find out in the show? Yeah, he found out in the show that pretty sure that Barbara slash Batgirl was was his daughter. daughter. Or well, yeah, yeah. So on. it jumps back to the restaurant. So assuming after they left there, they still went to look for something to eat. They went back to the restaurant. Shows Harley and Ivy come in, and Ivy is like wearing makeup to hide her skin, and Harley is wearing a dress that's super strappy and like crisscrossy all the way down, and it is a. Uh, quite a sight to see even in the background there was that guy looking over his shoulder meme with the girlfriend being mad at him it was very obvious in the center of the comic and they sit down and ivy's telling harley how she wants to have dessert early because harley looks so good but then that's when hush comes in he comes in saying hey baby and it's like is the seat taken and all that misogynistic huh misogynistic yeah, very misogynistic. And then he even starts putting his hands on her and starts grabbing her. It's like, when I see something I want, I, I get it. And then, oh, he shouldn't have done that because Ivy's sitting right there. She's fucking pissed. But before Ivy gets a chance to do anything, Harley goes up and punches him. Like, straight in the face. And then he's uh, he's threatening to uh, sell their organs and all that. Ivy gets him wrapped up in vines and squeezes him. And then it looks like she's just going to make him pop. But then Falcone, Falcone comes in. And I was like, I don't want you to kill him, but dinner's on me. And Har then it cuts to Harley and Ivy in a Ferris wheel <laughs> on a cute date. It's like, and explaining that got, um, not only did they get the dinner for free, they got a honeymoon suite and the carnival or like the whole carnival to themselves for the night. 
super romantic and then there's a hush muffle like mumbling down because he's strapped to the ferris wheel as it's spinning they're telling uh, hush uh, to uh, hush but they do some more carnival games they do the strong the strongest person thing where the they hit the thing and the bell goes up and hushes at the top of it and it's his his, his crotch at the top of it so then when the weight goes up it hits him right there and then they go back to the car to have some sexy alone time just laying on the hood of a car of course uh this is pretty much where the comic ends but there's a hooded figure that says uh, we've got them right where we want them and that's where i left off who could the hooded character be it was at least it still ended up being a romantic date but yeah i'm kind of nervous for them i'm i'm thinking it's probably not going to be like gcpd like they probably want you to think but i'm interested to find out so maybe you'll find out more next week when as i'm reading this since it does seem like you've been reading that consistently oh trying to yeah and so yeah that's all so I've got. that's everything we've read for the week not much but it's something and so after hearing everything we've read for the week and hearing all about the new comics that came out this week on the shelf today and the stuff that we've done from one week to another and all of our wonderful comic book news that brings us to the end of our podcast and we hope you guys come back again next week and of course uh, listen in and follow us on social media to hear about new podcasts that are going to be coming out like Crash Course in Comics. Which comes out September 3rd. Yep, September 3rd. We mentioned it in the last episode. That That is officially when we're going to be coming out with it. So if you want to find out everything that there is to know about Namor from the beginnings of comics all the way up till now before he's in uh, Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever, then go ahead and, and look for that on social media and on all platforms for podcasts. Yeah. And um, I think uh, Crash here has a fun fact for us. Fun fact. Fun Crash fact. Brainiac, the name Brainiac, like the mixture of brain and maniac, was not a phrase that was common tongue before Superman used it in the comic books back in 1958, where they kind of coined it for the first time with his supervillain. Brainiac, the character from DC Comics. That is where the the term Brainiac originally was was first used and has been used since. So if you call somebody a Brainiac for being like a a smarty pants or anything like that, that is (laughs) actually where it started from. Rather than the other way around that people all believe. Everyone was thinking that Brainiac, the character, was named after the term Brainiac. But it's the other way around. That is a fun crash fact. Okay. This is the end of our podcast, and uh, so I hope you guys do come back, and in the meantime, hit us up on social media, find out what's going to be going on next. Uh, We're going to try to be a little bit more active on it. We haven't really done, like, any posts whatsoever, except for on the day of our podcast, so it doesn't give you guys a lot of heads up, so we we will try to do more posts throughout the week to get you guys more hyped for the new episode, and then... um, check out uh crash course and comics instagram we have going on it's it's a crash course in comics on instagram so check that one out check out a uh 
comic book day with with uh crash it's still currently crash and trey look up crash and trey on instagram look up a um comic comic day crash on instagram for for my personal one you guys can hit me up as much as you want tell me characters you might want to hear tell me how much you hate our podcasts or hopefully love it hit up manda on uh, instagram with her store which is on Etsy as Manda Bear's Crafts. You can also see Manda Bear Crafts on on Instagram on as Instagram well. as well. So hit us up, talk to us, tell us what you want, tell us what you you think we could be doing better. Tell us everything. Give us some feedback. We love to hear it. And in the meantime, look forward to our next episode next week, one week from now on the next Wednesday, which is Comic Book Day. And till then, don't be a dick. Don't be a bully. Yeah, don't be a bully. Don't 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 treat somebody some way that you wouldn't want to be treated. You don't know how their life has been. You don't know what that day has been like for them. You don't know why they're acting the way they are. Don't be a dick to them. Don't be a dick to anybody. Be kind. Spread love. It's a bit hypocritical coming from me, but read a comic book and come back and listen to us next week, please. Yeah.